And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him. Yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo. We are leaving the station. L Train, take us out. Hey, yo, this is the L-Train, and let's get to this week's Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 174. Man, this week, I get to talk with an amazing dude, Paradigm Pro Wrestling Zone, Chase Holiday, at Chase Holiday X on Twitter. Dude, we get into the pandemic. We get into Indianapolis Wrestling, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, training with Seth Rollins, we talk Sonico, we talk Jaden from our area, you know what I'm saying? We talk a story about him coming up for Defy Wrestling when it was the uh, Progress Weekend where there was the shows on Thursdays and Fridays, hear that uh, story. Growing up a wrestling fan and a whole lot more, you know, next week I'm going to get to part two with my man Craig at Proper Jam on Twitter. We're going to talk music and a whole episode about uh, Pearl Jam. If you're uh, not a Pearl Jam or music fan, maybe not your uh, thing, but I'm going to put it out there. It's going to be a little different next week. Uh, next uh, Tuesday morning, I'm going to be dropping a show where me and that man talk a whole lot about Pearl Jam. I am the All Train on Twitter at Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast. Let me explain that. Follow me on Twitter at BFPW Podcast. Dude, you can listen to all the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast archives over at BigfootProWrestling.com. Check out all the recent shows over at SoundCloud, part of the uh, PWO network. And then, uh, you know what? Let's just get to it. And uh, I'm the L Train, and I'm leaving the station. Hey, before we get to Chase Holiday, let me tell you about those Nacho Mama's Specials. Seven Slayer Nachos, Cheddar Cheese Sauce, Spicy Chicken, Pinto Beans, Pickled Jalapenos, Tomatoes, Avocado Crema, and Black Olives. And then Tofu, Cerveza Tostada, Marinated Tofu, Avocado Crema, Pickled Red Onions, Pickled Jalapenos, and Cilantro. And then the, 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 the sweet tooth man this is some great dessert pumpkin cheesecake bars homemade pumpkin pie filling swirled with cheesecake batter over a graham cracker crust here's where they're going to be wednesday the 21st of october black raven brewing redmond four to seven the 22nd it's a thursday stoop brewing in ballard five to eight p.m friday the 23rd Carn Brewing in Kenmore, 4 to 8 p.m. Saturday, the 24th, Urban Family Brewing in Ballard, 1 to 8 p.m. NachoMamaSeattle.com, at NachoMamaSCA on Twitter, at NachoMamaSeattle, Instagram and Facebook, hashtag Nachos and Beer, the best nachos on the planet today.
Hey, this is the L Train. This is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 174, man. You know, we've been branching out lately. Uh, this dude that I'm going to talk to, he's got a big fight coming up on uh, Friday, November 6th. It is the uh, Fighting Spirit Heavyweight Grand Prix, man. He's going to have a big match, and he's going to tell us about it here pretty soon. Is one He is the one and only Chase Holiday, man. How you doing, brother? Hey, everybody. I'm doing wonderful. I'm very excited to be here tonight. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on there. I'm sorry I got a little uh, tongue twisted there doing my little opening there, but, you know, it happens. I don't like to redo it. I like to keep it, you know, the way it is. But, man, I appreciate you. The first time I've seen you was against that... Uh, one and only Sonico at that match a couple weeks ago at Trap Soul, man. And uh, I, what a match, what a match. And I'm so happy that you agreed to come on here tonight. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I was very, I was very happy, uh, first of all, to have that match. And uh, glad that you guys, you know, helped sponsor that match between me and Sonico. So, uh, but tonight I'm doing very well, having a wonderful time, very excited to be here. I'm essentially done for the day. I've done all my, my work and working out, so I'm just <laughs> chilling for the rest of the night. Well, nice, man. I appreciate you giving up some uh, time here. We're recording this on a Monday night for a Tuesday morning drop, so, you know, we'll get through this. And then uh, tomorrow morning, all the fans, all the people of uh, everywhere, all the independent wrestling scene will be able to uh, check it out, man. So it's kind of a, you know, we're three hours apart, I think. So uh, you're out there on the East Coast. Uh, you said you're uh, calling from old Indianapolis out there, huh? Yes, the Midwest, Indianapolis, Indiana, yeah. So uh, do, you, do you watch the, the Indianapolis Colts out there? It is football season. Uh, I actually, so I'm originally from California, so I'm originally from the West Coast, and I'm actually a, uh, well, they are now the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. So, yeah, I was a fan when they were in San Diego, and I played football, like, growing up, uh, mainly in high school, and then a little, and then mostly in college as well. Uh but that that was like my first. It's uh, that was my first time going to a, like a football game was the San Diego Chargers. Once I started getting into football, it was like the Chargers versus uh, the Panthers, and there was a like a blackout, so they couldn't actually show the game on TV. Oh. And yeah, but I was like, yep, this is. I said, this is my team. I. But what's funny is I don't remember if they actually won that game or not. I just remember going, and I was like, I like, like I like them. And now I've had the unfortunate blessing of being a Chargers fan ever since. <laughs> oh man, they've gotten close, man. And did they win it that one year with Humphreys? No, they lost to the 49ers, didn't they? Yeah, I think I remember years ago. Might be, might have been before your time, my friend. You might just have been a little <laughs> youngster back then. But uh, yeah, I'm a, man, he, if if they had won one, whether it was before my time or any, like since I've been alive, I I would make sure to let people know because that's always the one argument people will give me when I'm like, yeah, I'm a Chargers fan. They're like, well, you can't talk to us until you win a win a <laughs> uh, ring. And I'm like, listen, man, leave us alone. <laughs> that's right, man. I remember when I, I'm young enough to remember the Dan Fout date. Dan Fout. Fouts days, man. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> really struggling here tonight. I don't know why. I haven't even had much to drink yet. But uh, man, I remember those days back in the uh, the 80s, man. So yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan. The Seahawks are doing well right now. They had the uh, the weekend off, so uh, um, you know your uh, boy actually went out to uh, Indianapolis. The uh, yes, the quarterback, uh, my so man's Philip. How Rivers. weird is that? That was uh, when I saw it happen. Like I knew it was coming. <laughs> Like, I knew that he, uh, like, I knew eventually that we were going to get a new quarterback uh, as much as, like, I love Phillip, and I was very sad to see him go because I was hoping he would stay around and that way he can, you know, teach up whatever young quarterback we were going to go ahead and grab. 
But I, I'm a big Philip Rivers fan. Like, regardless of everything that's happened, like, a lot of people are like, oh, Philip Rivers is not that good. Like, that's why you guys haven't won. I'm like, statistically, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I was like, so you can't really say he's not good. I was like, when the number, he puts up the numbers, like, and has yeah. records, like, galore. Like, people just don't, they don't pay attention to that. They don't pay attention to the fact that this man statistically is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and has been for a number of years because he doesn't have a ring. And, like, that's it. I'm like, that's all you got. You got to give me something else. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know who else doesn't have a ring? Dan Marino. Who? One of the oh, greatest quarterbacks exactly. of all time. And no one can deny it. Like, he's got, or he had so many records. People have probably, you know, broken it by now with the, the way the offenses are now. But, uh, you know, that guy killed it for years, you know, and broke all kinds of records. So, and he never got one. But, you know, it is what it is. You still can't say he wasn't one of the greatest, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, man, how's the how's it been out there in uh, Indianapolis with the, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, life? You know, it shut down everything. We were talking about it before it went on air. You know, it shut down wrestling here. I'm sure it shut down a lot there. Uh, how's things, uh, you know, personally, you know, job-wise, family-wise? And then uh, how is it uh, wrestling-wise there? Oh, so like job wise family well my family lives like i have no family in the mid in the midwest whatsoever like all my family is in california mm. um so like family wise like it, it's fine i guess on that front i mean i still you know like it just kind of is what it is like i work has been has been fine like i am still like a very active individual as best as i can be uh but obviously all within like the safety measures and precautions because like i don't really go out too much like i go to where i need to go and then i go home and i always have my mask on me whatsoever like i have i think i have like three masks maybe four that i like keep either on me or in the car or whatever that way i can always like have it to go uh but like it doesn't even before the pandemic i there was not like a lot that i went out to do because it would be like i go to work i go home and i go to the gym so like that doesn't that hasn't changed anything on that end. It's the same schedule. I just have to make sure I wear a mask every time I go somewhere now. So, and then when it comes to wrestling, it honestly feels like, uh, and I've said this before, like to like my friends and stuff. I was like, I feel like the as unfortunate as it sounds to say, I feel like the pandemic has actually helped my wrestling career more because because of how limited the shows are around, you know, just out in general now, like people are looking and paying more attention to what is being put out there, whether it's so they can scrutinize if they're not doing a good enough job or if it's like just because they're trying to get their wrestling fix. Like there's more people and like more focus on what is being put out there. And I just so happen to be on a handful of shows where people are paying attention more and are watching more, which has turned out to my benefit to where now I have like more people following me, more people hitting me up. Uh, This is like, I've, I think I did before everything. I think I had done maybe. I think I had done one interview before last year, <laughs> and now this is actually like my fourth. I think. Yeah, within the past like <clears throat> month and a half, and then I have another one on the 29th as well that I am doing with uh, the DDT archives. Nice. So like, in a, in the past month and a half, I've you know when two years ago i didn't have anything and then last year i had one interview uh 
and now I have like five. I've had five in the past month and a half, and I just feel like it's gonna keep getting more. It's like I have a problem saying no to like interviews and podcasts. Not that it's like an issue, but because I just like I enjoy talking. It's like if you, if I'm always like, yeah, if you want like if for whatever reason you want to talk to me, and I will talk a lot, then like I'm more than like I'm more than happy to do so. <laughs> well, man, like I was telling you, I'm I'm so happy you came on here tonight to chat because you know. Like you're saying, you know, a lot of people are getting exposure right now because there's, you know, these these limited shows, right? But uh, yeah. and and I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I seen you was against Sonico on the on that match on uh, Trap Soul. But I fell in love with the match you guys had, man, and uh, and I can't wait to your upcoming matches. And uh, you know, I'm not trying to kiss your ear or anything, but it was just a great match. I loved it. You know, Sonico from here in the Pacific Northwest was in it, man. And uh, how cool uh, was that uh, was that night for you? That whole night, so like the whole collective weekend itself, was a crazy experience. And I, for that for that one match, I put a lot of pressure on myself individually, um, because like I know, because the collective was coming into like essentially my backyard, like into my adopted state of like Indiana, and I know everybody was like all the wrestlers out here and all the wrestlers out, you know, the shows we're going to book, everybody wanted obviously to be there. And it's like, the venue was like 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> and like the hotel that everybody was staying at was like 10 minutes from the venue. So like I was all weekend, I was only on paradigm. I was only booked and planned to be on paradigm. I like did not reach out to any other promotions or anything to try to ask to be on like for any spots or anything. The only one that I knew I was going to, uh, for sure, well, I, knew, I knew I was going to a couple of shows for sure, but I knew I was going to Fuller Culture because uh, my lost boy brother Hoodfoot was on it, and I was you know going out there to be like his corner man, help him out with whatever he needed. Uh, but I like I didn't reach out to anybody. I wasn't asking anybody to be like, oh, book me for the collective because like in my mind, the way I had seen it was everybody that was coming to the collective, uh, like in indie were the same people that were going to the collective in Florida. So they were just going to book, like rebook the same matches that they like, whatever they were going to book in Florida back in Indy. So in my mind, I was like, well, there's no, like, not, it's not to say that it's pointless. And I'm sure people had reached out, but I was like, it doesn't make sense if they're just going to, you know, cause to me, like I said, if they're just going to book their same shows, you know, like they're just it's gonna be the same thing at least in my eyes that's how, like how i had seen it mm-hmm. and so i you know and i hadn't worked for any other promotions on there before so like why on the collective date would they take the chance there on the biggest you know on their biggest stage at that time period so uh like we got the addition of paradigm because they are an indie based promotion which i was very excited about because that's my home promotion and i got lucky enough to defend my chain against Sonico and I put a lot of pressure on myself because I was like uh, I only have the one booking a lot of people like will wrestle all the matches like all weekend they'll wrestle seven eight matches in the span of three days and I was I was real focused and concerned about just the one because I was like all I need is the one booking and I just need to make the most of that and I know I can do it and that was my game plan going in and it's been beneficial so far coming out. So, dude, that's great, man. Uh, so, tell us about the the match itself. Uh, you know, tell us about the crowd going in. There it was a limited crowd, right? Just like all the other right. shows, kind of going right now. It seems like they had a couple people, some space, couple people. Tell us about the the, the venue, the crowd itself, before maybe we get into the match. 
the the venue itself was incredible. Like I looked looking out even when I was going just for like the other shows and checking everything out. Just the the space itself, I was like, wow. Even, I was like, I can't wait. Like I hope we are able to come back here after like COVID, just so I can see like a full like just the whole thing filled. But it's the being in the venue was great. Uh, everybody was thankfully you know doing their their best. Everybody was wearing their mask. Uh, only people that really sat next to each other were like people that showed up together, mm-hmm. you know, in like same cars and stuff like that. Uh, but like the the crowd was great. I knew the cars were like the deck the the deck was stacked against us going in because we were the last show of the collective <laughs> and we were like literally going on at eleven thirty slash you know midnight <laughs> like and so I just found I kind of found it funny and like symbolic and I was like you know what. Paradigm's always had, you know, we've always had something against us, and like this is our big stage, and we still got stuff going against us. So, but like, we'll make the most of it, and we'll make sure people like are paying attention, and we'll make sure that like people regret, you know, doing that, uh, you know, to us. And like, no matter no matter what odds you put against us, we're gonna kill it. Like, we're gonna knock it out the park. So. Well, I know quite a few people up here that were going to watch it anyway, you know, whether I was, uh, you know, my podcast was a part of uh, the the sponsorship or not, you know, because there was uh, Sonico and another fellow I'm going to bring up here in a second that was going to be on the show. I don't think he got to make it, but, um, you know, it was a great uh, time. So I think a lot of people kind of found out about this show and uh, probably tuned in. Like I was telling you, that was a party night kind of uh, here in uh in, in Seattle, in 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 the, you know the Washington area, because the Seahawks played a big game on that Sunday night, and they won at the last second, and it went right into this uh, into this uh, you know the 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 match there at Paradigm matches there at Paradigm, and it was just a great time. So I think a lot of people jumped in, maybe that uh, weren't even at the last second. Right. Oh man, it was. Wow. A, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. But anyway, I was going to ask you about uh, stepping in the ring with the Lucha Ghoul Sonico, man. Have you heard of him before you got this match with him? Yes, I have. So Sonico has been, like, down to the Midwest before, and uh, we, you know, we've interacted. We're actually, we're like, we're cool, like, we're friends, and so we were excited that we were going to, you know, like, as wrestlers aside, and as but as friends, we were excited that we were going to get to work each other, and I was excited to see my friend come back on down. But then as a wrestler, I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm sorry that you got it. You're going to have to go through what I'm going to put you through. So, <laughs> but I was very excited for him to be here, and I was uh, very excited for the match itself and for what uh, we were going to bring to to the show. Oh man, so uh, how do you how do you feel about that match? Did you love it? Uh, did you guys uh, perform up your expectations? Uh, honestly, absolutely. What's funny is I did, uh, on one of the podcast, like, interviews that I've done recently, they had asked me, they are like, what's one of your favorite matches that you had? And I, at the time, I didn't, like, really have one, because it was just hard for me to, like, pinpoint one that I was, like, not saying that I wasn't, I didn't have, like, good matches that I liked, but there was not, like, one that stood out to me immediately where I was like, that's my favorite match. Uh, but now I can say the one with Sonico is uh, currently my favorite match that I've had, and I'm I'm very proud of like what we put out and what we did, and I I just think it's it's one of my favorite matches, and I'm glad that it lived up to the expectations that people you know were looking for. Even though like I wanted to make sure there were eyes on us, because even though we were going into it and there was like it was getting some attention, I was like I want to make sure. 
that like we get as much attention on us as we can or make people regret not watching this match live. Mm. So Dude, it was a fantastic match from uh, from top to bottom, and uh, you know there was a lot of matches on the on this show. Paradigm has a lot of matches on their match card. You get your money's worth if you go check these guys out, and uh, you know it was right up there with anything. And there was a lot of amazing, phenomenal, fantastic uh, talent on this show, man. Yeah, absolutely. The whole the whole show from top to bottom is like something that I definitely am very proud of. Is like all the people on the. Pan- all like homegrown either homegrown talent from paradigm or people from our area minus like sonico because even like mm. suge and o'shea who are not ne- who are not indiana people have been to this part of the midwest and have been to indiana and have been to you know to paradigm so there's still like some of our you know some of our people's like it was just it felt like a thorough paradigm roster like there was no mm-hmm. we didn't have any like super major you know like names that people like were hope like trying to come in or anything like that which is like not to discredit any of the shows that i have but this felt like what it was was a true paradigm show from top to bottom so mm-hmm. man that sounds great because uh you know the shows appear in washington defy and without a cause um prestige doa you know 5cc there's some that aren't just dropping into my head at the moment there were some up in canada too you know they usually bring in a few talents, but a lot of homegrown talent from this area is on it. And I love to see that. I'm a big, uh, you know, homegrown talent type of guy because I came here or I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest, watched Portland wrestling when I was a kid. A lot of people from here on those shows and stuff and uh, just enjoy it, man. So uh, just going to ask you a quick, what have you heard about the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, wrestling scene and some of our uh, promotions up here? Uh, so I've actually been to... Uh, defy at least one time or well actually just the one time because i it was around my first year of rest my one year anniversary of wrestling was coming up and this was a a crazy weekend because i was trying to get out more places and uh, i was living in iowa at the time and i had found defy maybe a couple months before and i was like you know what if i could just i know if i could get there and help out and like show face and stuff like that you know maybe I can, I can just I just want to build a connection over there and, you know just work with them in some capacity and you know hopefully something you know something good comes out of it and so I had hit them up and I was like hey I just want to know if you guys have any dates or anything I just want to come out help set up you know whatever I got to do just to help out and they had their uh, they gave me the dates and they were like we have these August dates where it's two to, uh, two days like it's back-to-back days uh, but we're doing it was like their progress shows. Oh yeah. So it so it was they were like, Yeah, we're just doing progress shows, so like we're not even sure that we're doing anything pre show or anything like that. But like if you want to come out and help, you're obviously more than welcome to. And I was like, so two days I was like of being there around two companies that I wanna work for and one of them is based in the UK because they're doing their American tour. I was like, Yeah, absolutely, I'll be there. So I uh bought my own ticket and everything. Uh but I was did not have a lot of money at the time, so I bought my own ticket, and it was like a spirit flight, and I packed my gear and everything that like I needed like clothes wise for like a day and a half trip nice. because I also had a booking like the dates were like Thursday, Friday, and I think I flew out like Wednesday night and landed Thursday morning, and then I had a booking on a Saturday like Saturday night 
where it was like a six-man tag to set up for a War Games match at a company. And so I, like, it was the main mm. event match, so I had to be there to be in that tag to set up, like, the stipulation for our match. And so I fly out Wednesday night, land there Thursday morning. Uh, and so because I landed, like, so, like, early, late, you know, whatever you want to say, I also did not have a hotel to stay at the first night. Oh, no. And so I slept in the airport, uh, just, like, at random ports and, uh, like, wherever, like, wherever I could. And I slept there until, like, one of the gates got busy, and then a lot of people started coming in, and I was like, oh, it's, like, 4 in the morning. So I moved to another gate and slept there. And then eventually, once, like, the sun started coming up and, like, people were, like, actively going through the airport, I went ahead and moved and found, like, a little seat next to a vending machine and, like, a shoe cleaner and slept in a chair up until I uh, felt ready enough to go and find a... like to get my uber to go to the venue <laughs> i get my uber go to the venue i'm there an hour early i don't see anybody around i was like oh okay so i don't know what to do so i i walked around uh and i walked into a gas station because i didn't because i only had the one bag and i know like at the time i was like okay i'm pretty sure deodorant and cologne is like i couldn't i didn't have any small ones so i didn't have them packed right away and this is going to be real bad <laughs> but this i used great. one of the deodorants from uh, no, I, I think I had deodorant, but I didn't have cologne. So I used the cologne from the gas station. Like, I was just walking around, and I sprayed it on me real quick. Uh-oh. And then I had my own stick of deodorant that I used, like, beforehand that got through. And then I just walked out and then walked back to the venue and then met up with, like, the people that were setting up the ring, helped them set up the ring. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, like, where are you from? Because everybody obviously was from the area. And I was like, oh, I'm from Iowa. And they are like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I flew out just to, like, set up the ring and like help out and they were like really and i remember there was one guy that like showed up late and uh they were like how are like why are you so late like you live like an hour away and this kid flew all the way from iowa illinois whatever whatever and i was like i don't i was like i don't want to i just want to set up the ring and help out and (laughs) meet people i said i'm not here for much else i was like if there is a spot i have my gear i have like my kick pads and my tights and everything but I was like, I don't, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> right. And then, and after like the first night, which was like fantastic, uh, uh-huh. I still didn't have a place to stay, and so I was getting ready to. And I've stayed in rings before in venues and stuff like that. Like when I, uh, so I was getting ready to ask him. I was like, yeah, I don't have a place to stay, so I was just kind of gonna ask the promoters if I could just stay the night in the ring, and you know, that's it. <laughs> like that's all. That's all that I was gonna do. And then they were like, "No way! Like you're you're not sleeping. Like we're gonna find you a place." And so they they found me a place. And it, uh, the dudes that had helped me were named Sign Guy and uh, this man Connor and uh, and Hero. They all like helped me. They they could they connect. Hero connected me with Connor because he was staying with Sign Guy. And so then Sign Guy uh, Jason was like, "Yeah, you can stay. You can stay with us." And so I stayed with them, and I was like, wow, I actually have a shower now and everything? I said, thank goodness. I said, this is such a step up from sleeping in the ring or back on the airport floor or whatever. And then I had to leave halfway through the second show on Friday because I had to catch my flight to get back to Chicago Saturday morning, to which my roommates picked me up, brought me home, and then we went to our show uh, later that night. So that was that wow. was my one-year anniversary of wrestling. That was the one time I had been to Defy. It was the Defy and Progress shows. And both shows, for the time that I was there, were simply fantastic. So Well, I didn't make the first night, but I had tickets to the second night. 
where it was more of a defy show and i saw you know walter taking on Schaff, i think that night and man there was so much going on uh you know yeah what's his name dunn you know was on there right. it, it's so many people it was so much fun but man thank you for sharing the story about wanting to sleep in the ring you slept at the airport i mean that's like kind of like old school dues right there man you're just you know here to help out see what you can get sleep in the ring see what you can do and some dudes helped you out and i just want to mention real quick hero is one of the just a super stand-up guy. He's not here with us anymore, not meaning he's dead. He went, moved on, and he's, like, helping out. Uh, he's one of the ring crew guys at Ring of Honor these days. And uh, yeah. he, he's a super cool guy. And uh, to bring him up, that was that was super cool, man. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm glad you had that experience up here, man, because, uh, you know, that – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just it's, – I'm overwhelmed hearing that story. It was so cool. No, no problem. It was uh, – if I – Honestly, if I think about it, I think the person, and it kind of comes full circle, if, if if my memory serves me right, but I believe the person that showed up was Sonico, where they were like, you live like an hour away, like, why are you so late? And then I forgot, I don't remember what he said, but I was like, if I remember right, and if it was him, it's just funny that it comes full circle, but that was him, and then he came to Indiana, like, uh, a year or so later maybe like two years later or something like that is when he came to Indiana. And that's when we first like officially met and like recognized each other. It was like, Oh yeah, well I'm Chase. He's like, Oh, I'm Sonico. And we watched each other's matches. And then we've just been friends ever since. <laughs> I do remember, I think I remember us having that conversation about that was him that had showed up. <laughs> and so I just think it's funny that it came full circle from that was our first time seeing each other, not knowing it to us now wrestling at the collective, one of the biggest you know, indie wrestling weekends that there was. Oh man, he, he's super popular out here, man. He's a high flyer. He's a tough SOB. He can get in there and battle. And, uh, I've seen him, I don't know how many times at defy at without a cause. He's been at prestige. He's been per, per, pretty much at all the, all the shows that go over out here, man. And, and like you said, he's branching out out there in the Midwest. So, uh, good things for him. And I, I'm glad you guys got to hook up, man. That's a, that's super cool. And then that show or the, the story about defy and, uh, we do have a lot of other places out here, you know, so it's a great thing out here, but let's talk about you and where you came from for a minute, man. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, so I actually grew up, uh, in like, I think I had mentioned earlier, I grew up in California. So I grew up in a place called Palmdale, California, which is like an hour away from, uh, LA. And like, I grew up there, and it was like a very, it, at the time, it was a much smaller town than what it is now, because now it's getting super populated, and they're just building, like, building all kinds of crazy things. It's almost going to look like a, a completely different city anytime I get I go home and visit. There's always something new anytime I get to visit. But, yeah, I grew up there, and I grew up, like, doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, like, I grew up playing, like I mentioned before, I grew up playing football from, like, high school and college i any type of type of sport there was i played baseball basketball like i played like volleyball like <laughs> if there was if there was a sport that i could find and partake in i would partake in it by any means like i remember being young when we lived in the valley and i did like karate and when we moved to palmdale and eventually i grew up and i got into high school and i did uh jujitsu for a little bit oh, shit. uh yeah there's a lot of things that like but but I did was a you very do, active child. <laughs> did you do uh, amateur wrestling in high school? I actually did for a little bit. So I, uh, so I got the funny story is, is like I got into football uh, to make friends going into high school, 
and because I wanted to play, because uh, my eighth grade year, like, of my middle school, I got homeschooled. And so from, like, our middle school to all the different high schools there were, I didn't, like, know which any of my friends were going to, like, the high school that I was going to. And so I was like, oh, I'll join football. Like, I want to try football out anyway. Like, I played flag football, but now I want to try to, like, actual football, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, plus maybe I'll make, you know, make some new friends over the summer, which, you know, helps me out getting into high school, especially being homeschooled for that one year. And so that's that was, like, what I did. And then freshman year I played. Uh, sophomore year I did not play, but I got into amateur wrestling for a little bit. But my sophomore year was not my best academic year. So I was not eligible to, like, wrestle. So they would just be like, yeah, you can show up to practice, but, like, you can't really do much because, like, you're not eligible. And so, like, after a while I was like, well, if I can't practice or anything, if I'm not eligible and my, you know, the counselor's not going to clear me, then why am I showing up? Mm-hmm. Like if there, there if there's no like payoff to it, it's just endless. So I just eventually stopped going. Well, was but, it like a like a grade thing? Like you didn't have the the GPA, so they couldn't like yeah, play shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like I was I think I had like one or two grades that like were just that had made my GPA suffer. Uh, which I mean, sophomore year at least for my high school experience and what they say about it is like is one of your like your hardest year because of how much stuff they give you at once. And so, uh, at least in my, like, my academic years, that's what it was. It was, like, they gave us a lot, like, going into sophomore year. And so that, like, definitely hindered me. But I got but I got back into football my junior year after that. But, yeah, the that kind of soured, you know, my taste on, not on amateur wrestling, but the experience right. for that point. Like, I'm sure everything had went fine. It, it would have been fantastic, especially because I had a lot of friends on the team and stuff like that. And they, like, they loved it. And I know I would have loved it. But, like... At that point, I was like, well, I'm um, just go back to football. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, real quick, I, I did that in high school, man. I played football. I loved playing football, played all four years, was decently at it, you know, not going on to college or anything like that, but just had a great time. At my size, somehow I played like defensive tackle and nose tackle even at like 160 pounds because I was fast. But anyway, that the point to my story hey, man, was. That was the, I was the same thing. I was like. <laughs> Five, like five, eight, 180 pounds. And oh, damn. like, I was, I had no idea. Like, I still did ha- wasn't super smart, like, about football. And so I was like, uh, I'll be like a lineman because I'm not like all the other, like, athletes. But being an offensive lineman at like five, eight, 180 was not doing me any favors. <laughs> and then nobody, nobody really smartened me up and like, hey, maybe you should do this position. They were just kind of like, all right, yeah, you do what you want. And then my senior year, I played offense and defensive line but again i was only like five eight a hundred you know eighty some pounds so again not doing me any favors so it was like oh well there's no you know like i enjoyed i still enjoyed the experience and like work out like i like working hard for everything and like i definitely pushed myself through it all but like it was i was nothing spectacular by any means right right. (laughs) no man and like you know it was fun because I would just shoot the gaps. I wouldn't really go up head up on anyone, you know, unless they were like more my size or something like that. So I got right. a few tackles, few sacks, things like that. So it was a really good time, man. But uh, you said you'd uh, jump back in uh, your uh, junior year, man. What? What? Uh, so you're doing defensive line, offensive line, and uh, when did you know maybe this could be something that take you to the next level? Uh, well, so I got. 
another reason that I got into football was just for the fact to train for wrestling in some aspect. Because uh, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler at 13, and that's all, like nothing else was going to change my mind. Oh. So I, everything that I did, I had done from that point on was I looked at as some form of benefit for wrestling. So that's another reason why I got into football. It wasn't like for, you know, I mean, I had it had its other benefits, but my main focus was, okay, well, if I do this, this can help keep me in shape and, you know, be learn how to be coachable and do all this other stuff for wrestling, especially like in high school. I didn't have a car. I didn't have my license or anything like that. I, it's not like I could – I had access to a gym anywhere <laughs> near me. So it was like, okay, well, we have a weight room at my school, which is for the athletes. Like, just be an athlete. So, like, that was that was my main focus. And, like, I did it, uh, you know, like I said, through high school. And then when I got to – I just went to a junior college – so I basically just had to, you know, keep up my credits and, you know, get through Hell Week and all that types of stuff and uh, for my junior college team, which was also a very good team. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what I did as well. So it wasn't like I went like D1 or anything. It was just my my city's junior college that people were using for the next level. And again, when I got there, I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to use this to help keep me in shape. So I, so I go to wrestling school like that's all it really is. Everything everything was like focused for wrestling. That's all I wanted. It was like this is going to benefit me for wrestling in this aspect. So like that's how I looked at things. Were you still uh, playing the same positions at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I was still playing the same positions. Again, nobody had smartened me up and like, "Hey, maybe you should like maybe be a linebacker or something cuz like you know, you're going up against like 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", dudes that are like <laughs> 2 300 pounds. You're not really going to do very well. But they just let me do what I, whatever I wanted. And I was like, what kind of? I said, what kind of coaches would let me just let this five eight, one hundred eighty pound kid go up against these six five, three hundred pounders and say it's okay? Like nobody was. I was like, whatever, man. I was like, I know why I'm actually here. But <laughs> it's hard to not get invested when you do something like for so long, you know. Right. And how was your body at that point, man? Were you, were you getting lean? You know, you said you're hitting the weights, you know, through high school, you're doing it. So you, you know, you can work out to get to the next level. Now you're in college, junior college, as you said, you know, how are is your fat content down or, you know, how's the dieting what's, and things? So what's funny is I don't think I got into the best shape. Like the, once I really started hitting like on all levels of like my physical fitness up until after I finished football, like, at the time, uh, I just kind of did whatever they had asked us to do in terms of, like, lifting weights and stuff like that. And so you just kind of do all that. And uh, it's just, you know, kind of your usual routine. But I wasn't smartened up, uh, per se, of, like, what was going into my body and, like, my diet and stuff like that. You know, anything like that. So I was only really just lifting. And so, like, fat-wise, it was probably about the same. I was still kind of a rounder individual but, like, I was also a stocky dude because I would put on muscle so quickly. So it wasn't up until after I graduated college where I started, like, and did my own, like, kind of kind of stuff and research. And I, one of my friends who, was going, who would go to the gym all the time, he started kind of helping me out. He was like, hey, these are different workouts for different parts, whatever, whatever. And then I really started, like, getting in on my diet because I was getting ready for football and it was all – or getting ready for wrestling and it was all just on me. So – was like the year before I got went to wrestling school was probably the best shape I had been uh, 
because I was because it was just all on me. Like I didn't have anything to focus on. It was literally I would go to work, I would come home, and I would go to the gym. Like that's that's all it was. I didn't have to worry about class. I didn't have to worry about going to practice or anything. <laughs> it was like wake up in the morning, go to work, come home, go to the gym at night, repeat. Mm, mm, mm. So you know, going through that junior uh, college football, man. Any you know, you said it was all about wrestling. You got to get yourself in shape, keep in shape, get ready for it. At any thought, was there any um, you know anything any anything about the NFL in your in your future? I did. Uh, I didn't have any like scouts or recruits. I did think about like like going through through time and being there for my junior college. I was like, what's the best? I was like, what if I just went to, you know to the NFL? I was like, what if I just found a way to go through there? You know, because like being invested in that sport for so long, you, you, it's hard for you to not have those thoughts. So you start thinking, okay, maybe if I try this or do this. And so I started. I would start looking at like, okay, for my size and my position. Or like my size, my weight, whatever. Like, what would be beneficial for me? And I was like, okay, well, most running backs are like this size. I was like, all right, well, I'm not super fast. I was like, but I could just be a power back because I do be just taking hits, and it's no problem. Like, I've been blind. I have been blindsided by my own teammates uh, <laughs> before, who were like, again, six five, two hundred pounders, just blasting me from the side, mm. and I'm for like no reason. But that, I mean, so those people didn't make. It. Everybody else was fine. Like. It's not like a thing that didn't happen where some dude would get mad over something because he got yelled at because I did something to him, and then he would blindside me. And I was like, whatever, man, just be better at your job, and it's okay. <laughs> but, like, you, I would look at other things like, okay, well, what could I possibly do? Maybe if I was a linebacker or something like that. And I was like, what's the best way if I were to actually try to get into the NFL? What would I, you know, what would I look for? Oh, man. So, uh. You know what? Before we get into your uh, training of wrestling, because you did all this this far to transfer to wrestling training, let's jump back to when you uh, first started seeing wrestling. What are your first memories of wrestling, my friend? So my first, I got first into wrestling uh, when I was 13 years old. And my prior experience of wrestling to that was just video games. Uh, like my, I had a friend who he had like, he would have like the old like SmackDown versus Raw or whatever that the titles were at the time on like his PlayStation. And anytime that I'd go over to his house, all I would ask was, is there the rock? Because that's the only person like I knew, like I could, I, I could identify people like Stone Cold and stuff like that. <laughs> but I, all I cared about was the rock. I was like, is the rock on there? And can we create our own character? Because we would just create, like, our own, you know, whatever kids wanted to create and, like, superheroes and stuff like that. Like, we'd create Spider-Man and, and Venom and the Hulk and, like, put them in the Royal Rumble and we'd just be <laughs> those characters and just do that all the time. And that's all I cared about. And that was, like, when I was, like, maybe eight or so. Yeah, and then it wasn't until I was 13, which was ar around the year that I was homeschooled, which I had mentioned, uh, where... You know, it's summertime, uh, it's a Monday night, like, all the kids' shows that you watch as a kid are, like, they're not on till like, Friday, Saturday, you know, Sunday, whatever. <laughs> and so it's like, what do you find, like, as a 13-year-old kid, like, you're just watching reruns, you're like, oh, I watched that episode last week, like, what else is on? 
And so I'm, you know, I'm channel surfing, I'm channel surfing, I'm channel surfing. And then there it is, is Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, like, what's this? And like, I knew what it was, but I was like, okay, well, like, maybe I'll watch this. And it was like, Monday Night Raw, whatever, whatever. And like, I don't even remember the exact, like, I remember Mike Adamley was the GM at the time. I think I remember there being a steel cage at one point <laughs> during the show. But like, that's all I remember from that night. And so I, I was like, oh, okay, so you're watching Monday Night Raw, right? And then obviously there's going to be promos for, oh, Tuesday Night ECW. And it was like Matt Hardy and, you know, John Morrison. And, I'll, and Matt Hardy was the coolest dude in the world when I saw him. I said, that's, that's the guy. So I was like, okay, I'll watch, I'll watch ECW. And so I started watching the Tuesday Night ECW. And then, of course, Tuesday Night ECW is like, oh, Friday Night SmackDown and da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh, now I have to watch SmackDown. Like, next thing I know, I'm watching Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night ECW, and Friday Night SmackDown. And then I find TNA. Oh, now yeah. I'm watching. Now I'm watching wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. That was it. Got said, that's all I wanted. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's like, you know, that's good times as a kid, man. You know, yeah, I would go on like I would jump on my computer and I would like Google wrestlers and like look up their history and like all that types of stuff. And I would go on YouTube and like uh, No Mercy 2008, like Undertaker versus whoever promo package. And then I would go back and I would be like uh, 2008 No Mercy uh, whole show highlight videos and then just watch those like endlessly. And I so I self-taught myself a lot of like wrestling growing up. And so like even even now, people will be like, "Yeah, what about this person?" I'm like, uh, I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't tell you much about him. Like, it was a lot of. I spent many years just self-teaching myself as soon as I got into it, which is a lot of Google searches. Like, I remember I went up to my dad one day, and because uh, I had asked him what like why was Triple H called Triple H, he was like, "Oh, his name's Hunter Hearst Helmsley." And I remember like looking him up, and I I ran upstairs and I was like. Dad, that's not that's not his name. His real name is like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You're like and calling I told, your dad I did the out. same thing with like Hulk Hogan. I ran upstairs and like Hulk Hogan's real name is like Terry or something. <laughs> what are you like yeah. hitting like Wikipedia or whatever? You know. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I learned. <laughs> that's how I learned. Like, I remember when Wikipedia used to have like the wrestlers' moves and stuff. So I would always like be looking at their moves and be like, oh, that's so cool. And I would try to YouTube what their move looked like. And I just remember thinking having the names of the moves was just the coolest thing. So at this point, man, uh, what are your, uh, what are your family thinking about? All right. He's into this, uh, wrestling stuff, that stuff Hulk Hogan used to do, you know, back when we were a little bit younger. Uh, what are your family thinking about that? And, uh, did you have any friends that were along with you on this pro wrestling journey? Uh, so my family's very supportive and like all the things that me and my like my siblings do uh especially because me and one of my younger brothers are uh both very like creative people in that aspect and we're all like we've all me and both my brothers are both are all at like have participated in sports but i told them i was like yeah i want to be a professional wrestler and they were like okay cool like they there was nothing like you want to be a wrestler like that's so dumb or whatever whatever they was like yeah that's cool and they would ask me like every year, they're like, "You still want to be a wrestler?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I would tell them about all, like all the things and like what I wanted to do and like how I imagined I'd be as a wrestler and all this stuff and all my favorite wrestlers and my favorite matches. I'm like, "You have to watch this match or this match was so cool because of this reason." <laughs> like, it was it was to the point to where like we, like I never watched any of the pay per views because I would always just like get them the night after and like Monday night. 
uh, before Monday Night Raw starts. I'm Googling the results from the, the pay-per-view on Sunday so I can be caught up on everything. And uh, or, I would, or I would spend Sunday night refreshing the page until somebody updates the, the Wikipedia page for, like, SummerSlam 2010. Like, come on, like, what? tell me, tell me. And I just remember uh, there was a couple birthdays where I was like, I just want WrestleMania for my birthday. Like, like that's all I want. Let's just buy the pay-per-view. But, like, my very first live event was uh, was the 2000... I always forget the exact year, but I think it's, it's like, 2008, 2009 SummerSlam. And this is my first ever live wrestling event was... Uh, and the main event, first of all, it was the uh, D-Generation X came back. <laughs> so Shawn Michaels and Triple H are throwing glow sticks into the crowd, and I'm going crazy because I'm like I'm gra- I'm getting glow sticks thrown at like over my direction. And the main event was Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk for the World Heavyweight Title in a TLC match. So I got to watch Jeff Hardy, you know, climb to the top of the ladder and do a swanton to CM Punk down oh. on uh, the announce table. And then even after all that. Uh, I believe CM, CM Punk retained, and then the gong hits and the lights go out, and I just lost my voice completely. I was, there was I was going crazy as a kid. I the whole thing. I remember MVP being there. Like the whole show was fantastic. So like SummerSlam holds a very special place in my heart because they would run in. They were running. They had a five year stretch of just running in LA. So for like three of those years, me and my dad had been to. Uh, SummerSlam, and the last one we went to was actually Brian versus Cena for the title, where uh, and I was so excited because the night before, and it was Randy Orton had the he had the Money in the Bank briefcase, and so I did like the meet and greet, and I took him my my program, and I was like, yeah, make it out to the next like WWE champ or whatever I said to him as a kid, and he was like, oh yeah, man, and I remember on the ride back from the meet and greet because again, me and my dad don't like my family, we only live an hour away from. LA so Staples Center is not far and so I just remember like if he cashes in tomorrow after getting his signature I'm gonna lose my mind and so then we're at the show and I I want Brian to win Brian wins and then Orton's music hits and I I, like I hold my voice in I'm like oh my gosh like it's gonna happen and then uh, I'm like wait no 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 no." like cuz Triple H looked like he was like gonna side with Brian Turns Brian around, gives him the pedigree. Orton comes in, cashes in, wins the belt, and I thought I lost my voice for Brian. It, I just was unable to speak after Orton cashed in. I it was the craziest thing to me. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you just signed my program last night. Oh my gosh, like this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just completely in love with it. Oh, absolutely. What was it about wrestling that you just like? What was it that grabbed you? The characters, the storylines, all of it, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I I think it was literally just all of it because, like, growing up as a kid, me and uh, one of my younger brothers, we absolutely, like, loved comic books. We loved, like, anime and stuff like that and, like, absolutely still do. And so, uh, like, I grew up watching, like, Power Rangers and Beetleborgs and all that types of, like, outlandish stuff. So, like, seeing outlandish characters wasn't anything, like, super new to me. But, like, seeing, you know, seeing these real-life, like, how we call them, these real-life superheroes and these different characters, like, that were straight, like, kind of straight out of comic books and kind of straight out of, like, the anime stuff that, you know, me and my brother watched, that was, like, it was surreal to me. It was, like, that's... So I think, like, growing up, like, subconsciously, I was like, that's the closest that, like, young Chase would ever get to being, like, a real-life 
you know, superhero or like a real life like comic book character or anime character or like stuff like that. And so, I you know, Young Chase very much fell in love with all of that, the whole aspect, and that's I that's I'm sure what drew me into it. And who were the ultimate guys for you? I mean, you kind of mentioned you know CM Punk and Jeff Hardy going at it and stuff, but uh, who were your guys? Who were your you know like top few dudes that? You know, or females at that point, actually, uh, who were just really, you couldn't wait to see them each and every week. And there was, uh, even though he wasn't wrestling, like, at the time, The Rock has had always had, like, my heart. Like, that was, that was, dude, that's, like, my guy that really, he does it for me. Uh, I absolutely love The Rock, but, like, I love watching Cena. I love watching, I love Jeff Hardy. Uh Matt, I love Matt Hardy. Um, there was just like it. What's funny is I hated I hated Randy Orton for the longest time because I very specifically remember when he was feuding with Triple H and he was kicking like he was doing the punt kick and kicking people in the head. Yep. And I remember they uh, he goes to kick Vince in the head and commentary is just putting over how old Vince is. I don't remember I don't remember how old he actually was, but I'm gonna just say 68. I, that's I'm, I know that's wrong, but because like, it's so many years ago and the dude's like 70 something now. Right. But I could have swore they're over there on commentary like Randy Orton, don't don't kick him in the head. He's 68 years old and whatever, whatever. And then Orton just kicks him, and I was like, why is he kicking old people in the head? I was like, what's wrong with this dude? I remember him handcuffing Stephanie to the ropes oh. and uh, giving her an RKO, and then uh, staring Triple H down as he gave her a kick. And I was like, this dude is insane. And I remember Triple H breaking into Orton's house and like throwing them all over. And I was like, Triple H is the man. Like, love Triple H. He was, him and Sean were the dudes. But I very specifically remember like <laughs> that feud like that where I, was, I absolutely hated Orton. <laughs> What'd you think? You know, I said you're, you're a big on Triple H then. What'd you think about the Triple H, Vince, and Shane? Taking on, you know, Orton and uh, the Legacy, man. I, I always thought that was so cool that time. they It was on Raw, I'm pretty sure, you know, where one came out, then the next, then the last one, all their things were hitting. Then they went down. They just had a brawl. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember. I'm Like, I don't <clears throat> remember it, but I'm sure, because I know, I mean, it obviously happened, but I'm sure <laughs> if I, like, saw a clip of it, like, it would re-jog my memory and be like, oh, yeah, I remember watching yeah. this. But. It was uh, <laughs> Legacy Cody Rhodes, by the way, and uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Sure. and uh, Randy Orton. And I think they were already, already down by the ring. This was act after, I think, all the McMahon family and Triple H got kicked in the head. And then the music hit. I think I do remember it now. And I, I don't know if who came out first, if it was Shane or Vince, and then Triple H music hit. And all three of them walked down there. You know, Vince, like, all puffing up, you know, how he does. Yeah. You know, no, walking down the it, ramp. I've seen the image in my head. I absolutely, I remember <laughs> it now. <laughs> it was a great moment, man. And I wasn't watching a lot of wrestling at that point. But I remember tuning in that night and going, God damn, that was off the hook. Seeing the three of those guys come down to kick ass on those three guys. That was a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> all right man so uh you've been watching wrestling you've been a fan you know family supportive your brothers are supportive you know you went to college you want to be a professional wrestler you're working your ass off hitting the weights playing absolutely college football and then how did you get from there to that next level where you started to train so what's funny is uh I originally going out of high school was not going to go to college. 
I was going to go straight into getting a job and saving up money so I could go to like a school in California. Uh, my mom was fine with it. Uh, my dad was like, I want you to go to college. He's like, even if you just go to like the junior college out here and you just get your AA, if you do that, I will pay for whatever wrestling school you want to go to. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, well, in that case, that helps me save money. So, like, why not? So I took him up on the offer, and, like, I was set on going to, like, OVW, because I had looked it up, or going to ROH, because I had just started, like, I don't even want to say getting into indie wrestling, but that was the only indie wrestling that I knew was ROH. Everything else was, like, it was not indie wrestling or like whatever it was just it was not good whatever it was it was like it was only roh ovw and wwe that's it (laughs) but i was like oh roh has a school and like people from roh are in the wwe and this this and that and that's what i like that's what i wanted and so i was like yeah i'm probably just gonna go there uh but during the years that i was in college for the, the two years uh seth rollins opened up his school and he opened up the Black and the Brave, and I, like at this time, uh, Seth had had his cash in. You know, brother's WWE champ. He's on top of the world. Uh, during the time, he's also like uh, WWE champ and United States champ. Uh-huh. Like he was first, you know, NXT champ. Like all like this man's accolades were just building. Like he was he was on a hot streak. He was on a roll. And so I was like, well, now he's opened up a school, and dude's like on top of the WWE for X amount of years. Like, why wouldn't I go there? Yeah. You know? So that that became my decision. Like, after I graduated college, I said, I want to go to the Black and the Brave. And he was like, all right, cool. Uh, I didn't apply right away. I applied a year in advance uh, because I wanted to give myself, like, and I waited even after I graduated until I got a job uh, to, like, secure that I was going to be okay. But, like, I got my job. Uh, I got my gym membership. I started like going and and stuff like that. And then I remember they made a post about you know taking applications for the next year for 2017. And I was like, I'm gonna apply. So I applied a whole year in advance. <laughs> like I I think I remember applying in May 2016 and applied for May 2017 classes because I was like, this gives me the whole year to like train and work out and to be in the best shape that I can be and to save up money so I can go be a professional wrestler. And so that's what I did. And so for the whole year, that's all I did was go to work and I would go to the gym and like with whatever time I had left, I would do like, I would hang out with my friends because I was about to get ready to move to Illinois, you know? Hmm. And so I would, that's basically like what I spent my whole last year doing up until I left was going to work and going to the gym and than like getting you know getting whatever free time I had out the way as like my final year long goodbye to all my friends and stuff like that. Mm, mm, mm. So uh, you know, tell us about that training. You know, uh, you know what was tough for you, what was easy for you, how was the body during all this? So my that was probably one of the best shapes at the time that I had been in my life, especially because I was only like. I was definitely in my early 20s, uh, but, like, going into training, 
was I always say I would, I would absolutely relive that whole summer again of training in 2017. It was absolutely one of my favorite times of just learning how to wrestle and working out so often because like everybody knows Seth is a big, you know, CrossFit dude. Like he's real huge in the CrossFit. And so I'd go into training and training was like we'd go in and we'd have like a warm up wad. Then we would you know, do our wrestling stuff, and then we would have a closeout one. And so if we're training three days a week and we're working out two, you know, twice in those three days, that's already six workouts that we're doing in a, like, in a three-day span. But what we also had to do was three other CrossFit workouts outside of class. So now you have, like, five days and you're working out not like nine times in five days, and I absolutely would have not traded it for the world. I had absolutely like, and also at that time I managed to get a job, so I was like going to work and I was getting my crossfits in and I was going to training. So it was I I absolutely loved it. And how old were you at this point? You're you, you know you're working out, you're training, like you said, CrossFit. You're working. When does sleep come into play? Uh, after I get home from training, <laughs> I get home, I'd get in the shower and I'd pass out. Like that's, that's it. I was 22 years old at the time of everything. Yeah. I was 22 years old. So like I get up, I'd go work nine to whatever at my job. Uh, and then I would, you know, either go straight to training or like, Go. I would go to training if I got off a little bit earlier and do a like do a CrossFit workout before training and then do the extra stuff for training. So it was, I was making sure I was working myself to the bone. I was like, I still got to pay rent. I said, can't stop me. I said, pay rent and show up to class. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna ask, man. Is it you know this job that you're doing? Is that you're paying your rent? Is it getting you that protein that you need to put in your body every day, plus, you know whatever else you need. Yeah, no, it was it was all mainly just for, like, I'd go to work because I was like, I have to make, like, car payments. I have to, like, buy gear eventually, and I have to, you know, pay my rent and stuff like that. Like, that's all I had was, like, the job and going to training. So it was, like, easy enough to balance, but, you know, it was still, like, a difficult time, especially because I had just moved in the, you know, in the middle of the Midwest with no family near me whatsoever because they all, like I mentioned earlier, they all live in California. <laughs> so I'm just out there by myself doing everything on my own like this is this was my big moving out like everybody has like yeah i finally moved out of my place uh and i like live in this, i still live in the same city as like my parents i just have like my own whatever whatever i moved states away <laughs> and was like nobody can save me i sink or swim on my own like they can send me stuff if they want but like no my mom or dad are not gonna drive up to Iowa on, my, on a random Tuesday to help me out with something if my car breaks down, you know, so you, like it was just on my own. So you're saying that, you know, you did this on your own. The parents weren't sending checks in the mail to cover anything right. like that. Mr. Chase was uh, taking care of this on his own dime. Yeah. That's, it, that's what it was. Like, that's how I, I was like, this is like everything. Like I made sure to, you know, I was always like, I'll figure it out. Like the first, before I got my job, I had my money saved up to, to pay like my first, my first, you know, month, two months of rent or whatever I could. 
uh, I think I had like the three months because we were allowed three month leases for this apartment complex because they knew so many kids were coming to train. So like I had my money saved up and I remember paying my first month and I remember paying uh, the second month. And I remember I was like I was going to be short for the third month, but I had gotten my job like shortly after paying for like the, the second month. And then I had I made enough to pay for the third month, and I was like, oh thank goodness! I was so stressed. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like whatever, whatever. Like I need this job, and I got it. And I was like, oh thank goodness! And it wasn't anything like it wasn't like a super important, you know, type of job. Like I ended up working at a movie theater, and that's what it was. But it, it definitely it helped me pay my bills. Hey, so I was <laughs> a job is a job, my good friend. But, uh, hey man, at this point, was there any friends that you had made through, uh, the training, you know, that were, you know, hanging out with you, you guys were talking, talking about futures, you know, car trips, things like that. Absolutely. So my roommates at the time, uh, were also like, they were also training, uh, was, uh, my friend named Gage and then my friend, uh, he wrestles under the name of Shane Boucher. Uh, they, like, those two are my brothers. Like, we went through the training together. We lived together for the whole three months. Mm. So we went through it all together. Uh, no matter what, like, we'll always, we'll always be connected. Like, me and Shane both have, uh, BBIX tattooed behind our ears. Uh, and what it is is Black and Brave, uh, Class 9. So that's what it is. Like, the BB is Black and Brave, and then IX is the Roman numerals for 9. And uh, Gage hasn't gotten his yet, and we always give him crap for it because he's supposed to get it. But he went back to college after training because he wanted he was going to finish his college and then start training. But he, uh, but just college was a lot, and so he ended up getting swallowed up by that. But we always give him crap for it. But we always like we still message each other to this day in our little group chats and stuff like that, and like just about everyday stuff or just like stuff that reminds us of when we were like back in the day and like me and Shane will talk on the phone still you know once a month or something like that like he'll call me because he's still wrestling he's like hey man like whatever like how you doing whatever whatever like he he just moved back to Iowa and he lives there now and like we'll call him we'll talk and be like oh yeah well, like what you got planned or like what are you looking to do and I was like oh this is what I got going on so like we still are very much in touch and like like I said those are my brothers Oh man, must be great uh, just kind of getting into it, talking to those guys. But tell us real quick, man, those ear tats, man, you and your boy have, uh, how the hell, does that hurt behind the ear? I've got a few tattoos on my arm and legs, you know, could deal with that, not so bad. But how's that one behind the ear? It honestly is not, like, it's not bad. I had, so I have two technically, because I have one behind my uh, right ear and one behind my left ear. And so, and I always forget which tattoo is on which side, but they don't really hurt. Like it, uh, the only unfortunate thing about it is because like the skin behind there is like, so like stretchy is the way, at least the way my tattoo artist described it is that sometimes they don't always come out like great the first time. And so like she did mine and they like, they came out fine, but like the way they started peeling and healing, I had to get them retouched up and that sucks. Uh, like it was still the same. That one just sucked a little bit more because again, it's like you're just going over scar tissue. And I had seen it like a month later, and I was like, yeah, I just gotta get this touched up. <laughs> but they honestly don't hurt that bad. It's just kind of like a little buzzing. Oh, man. That's it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. But anyway, uh, you know, first match nerves, man. Uh, training, you know, 
how did it go from training to walking out for your first match? I always ask a lot of uh, folks that. Oh, man. So my first match, uh, I still didn't have any gear yet. <laughs> <laughs> so all I had was uh, these Deadpool-esque, like, workout tights, like leggings that I had, and uh, my black little knee pads that I had from training, and which were, like, some black small Isami knee pads. Cause I was like, if it comes from Japan... I got, oh, it's whatever, like, that's the best quality, right? And so I spent a bunch of money on some little black Asami knee pads uh, and then just some black amateur wrestling shoes. And so I'm sure that I probably might still have a picture of me somewhere of, like, me getting onto the uh, the top buckle during my entrance or something and <laughs> just in those tights and <laughs> the little knee pads and, like, the, the shoes, and that's all I had. Like, it was kind of nerve-wracking at first, uh, like I was real nervous, uh, and it was like I had a tag match. It was me and my my friend Larry Lemons, and we were wrestling uh, Mo Atlas, who everybody now knows is the Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and then his partner. And that was the first time me and Mo had ever met. And that and again that was my first match. And we joke about it to this day. It was like that's crazy that you were my first match, and now like. You know, we're lost boys together, and we're we always talk about, you know, we're tagging and stuff like that. So it was just—it's real funny how that also came full circle. <laughs> so we're like, Mo was just a dude that I had wrestled the one time, uh, to being a dude that I saw to being like one of my closest friends. So, but that first match was definitely—I was so excited. Like I was very nervous, and then as everything was happening, like I was also just very excited to like be in the ring and to experience it all. And I knew afterwards, even though the match was not fantastic by any means, it was not a <laughs> me. That's another thing me and would joke about. I was like, we're like, yeah, that match was not not good. <laughs> so, but it, uh, but just the experience <laughs> itself. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. I was like, I want to keep doing this. I was like, I want to get better at this, and I want to keep doing this. So, so uh, you know, that was then. We're here now, man. How many years has it been since then? Uh, it's been three years now. And, uh, you know, what do you, in those three years, what do you know now that you didn't know when you got into the business at the start? Um, Chase from year one to Chase now are like two completely different people in the best way possible. Because like when I was in training, all I thought about was like, like I've mentioned, how I'm not I'm not a tall dude, uh, so like I'm only like five eight and a half ish, maybe five nine. Like I've been told two different heights from two different doctors on two different times, and I'm like I'm pretty sure I stopped growing at 18, but I'm getting these different these different height measurements, or it could just be wrestling shortening my spine up. Never really know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I tried to wrestle like I was like one of the smaller dudes like I like I was like a cruiserweight or anything like that like I tried to wrestle like because I would look at Seth whenever he like and he was there all the time so I would look at him I was like okay well he's like 6'2 or whatever and it's like to me at this point also is still not very tall because I was around those types of people playing football growing up so like people aren't super tall to me unless they're actually like 6'8 6'9 7'0 you know so I'm like looking at him, okay, well, he's he looks bigger, like he's only six two, he's not super tall, at least I don't think so. Uh like but 
if I'm wrestling in the Fed, if like if I'm wrestling in the WWE and that's what I want at this point in time, then like I should learn how to wrestle to do moves that I can do to everybody. And so that was like uh, a thing that I tried to do, and I tried to do all also all the cool indie stuff once I started getting more onto the indies and everything like that. <laughs> and me now is a completely different person because uh, I found like I don't want to say found, but I really got into. Uh, like all Japan wrestling and like the four pillars and like Masawa and Kawada and Taue, you know, and Kabashi. And I also really got into like Eddie Kingston and, you know, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers is ACH and uh, I love Freddie High and like all that types of stuff. And ACH is, I will always say, is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's the first person that uh, I saw as a young black kid growing up getting into wrestling. That was a young black kid that liked the same music as me that liked, uh, you know, anime, and that was a wrestler, and was super cool, like, he was all the things that, like, I personally related to into one person, and he was, like, he's a major reason as to why I, like, <laughs> he's just, he's just one of my favorite wrestlers, like, I, I absolutely love that man, that's one of my dream matches, hands down, him and Eddie Kingston, oh. uh, like, I, I have a list of people that I would love to wrestle, but yeah, me now is very much just, like, in love of the the sport of wrestling like i realize i'm not so much as like the entertainer aspect of it i'm much more of like the sport guy of it <laughs> where like my i like to make my matches feel like fights and like if you look at me and sonico mm. that's what it was like it was it was a fight like it was a beat down like it was not anything pretty it was oh these guys are beating the hell out of each other like and I enjoy that like thoroughly. Like you see, you can see in my match uh, again with Sonico, where he starts, he gives starts giving me the chest kicks, <laughs> and like those things were coming, and like I I absolutely loved them. I I loved it because of the way it made me feel. Like it it felt great. Like I I absolutely enjoyed it. So he give me the chest kicks, and at one point I just start kind of laughing, and he's like, "What?" And then kicks me again, and I go down. I'm like, "Man, this is." my adrenaline's going like I'm, I feel good. Like I love this. This is what I'm here for. And that's how I try to make my matches feel is like more of the sport of like the beat down the fight, like the nitty gritty and all that types mm -hmm. of stuff. And that's what sold me on that, on that, that a lot of that card that night. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and your match for sure, man, I really enjoyed it. It was a fight. It was a beat down. My boy Sonico came out on the wrong side, but you, made a fan that night man i was really uh in love with that match uh, really in love with the the show and now i'm really a fan of uh paradigm pro wrestling and uh speaking of that dude let's talk about your match that's coming up on november 6th it's a friday night it's going to be 7 30 eastern man and uh what is it the 2020 fighting spirit heavyweight grand prix and uh you yes, got sir. a match on that you're defending that mwt.com championship chain against uh, lord crew man break that down for us i'm not familiar with lord so if you could tell us about him tell us about this match and break it down yeah so this match is like i said it's myself versus lord crew and it's a uwfi rules match so like there's there's a lot of rules to it <laughs> uh from my understanding currently i still go over the rules to make sure that i have a proper understanding there's no it's only open hand strikes there's no closed fists uh there's a whole point system when it comes to like knockdowns suplexes all that types of stuff uh 
you know, this this match is it's important uh, to point out that when I had came back to wrestling, came back to Indiana uh, because I was gone for some time, there was a match uh, at Paulcade, which Paradigm Pro Wrestling hosted. Uh, it was a charity event, and in that match is where we introduced the, the MidwesternTerritory.com chain, and it was a ladder match, and Lord Crew was in that ladder match, and there's a clip of me and Lord Crew, but I'm I'm masked, so he doesn't know it's me. <laughs> uh, gives me he gives me a move. I believe it was the Orange Crush, if I remember right, and I get fired up, and I stand up, and I take the mask off. And I give him a lariat, and you can see him spin out and land on the ladder from the lariat, like neck first. And so he cut his promo, and he was talking about how I almost broke his neck. And so he's coming to take my chain and is possibly going to break my neck in the process. Mm. So that's the little history behind this, this match is this is his chance to get his revenge on me because I almost took something from him. And now he wants to take something from me. But what he doesn't know <laughs> is I'm just going to knock him out. <laughs> this isn't, this is, uh, I've been excited to do a UWFI rules match. He's the bare knuckle berserker, so I know he's got it in him. And it's going to be down, dirty, just how I like it. You know, we're going to get straight to business. This isn't, there's nothing pretty about this, there's no lockups. This is a this is a fight, and if he I'm you know this man promised that he's gonna break my neck, and I just hope he's a man of his word because if he doesn't, he's gonna end up looking up at the lights again, and that's just how it's gonna be. So you're pretty much telling us, man, unless he latches on to you, man, Chase uh, Chase Holiday's walking away with the chain. Absolutely, dude. This There's is never a doubt in my mind when I walk in with the chain that I'm walking out. Oh, man. And this is a huge card, man. Uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, man. The 2020 Fighting Spirit Heavyweight Grand Prix, November. It's a Friday, November 6, 2020, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, which means, uh, you know, a little earlier out here. But, uh, man, that's going to be phenomenal. Dan Severn's on that card. Tom Lawler, a bunch of people. Uh, Calvin Tankman, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, place from top to bottom? Also, before you answer that, it is on IWTV. Stream it live. I'm sure there's some kind of code out there. You can get a free trial. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there, I'm sure there's a code out there somewhere. I'm trying to remember if there's any off the top of my head, but... I don't have anything right now. Uh, <laughs> it, it's on here. It's uh, if you do paradigm, you can get a free trial. P a r a d i g m. You can get a free yeah. trial. I wasn't sure if they still had a code or what, but yes. Oh. Par- if you hit paradigm, you get a free trial. Tune in and watch this card because from top to bottom, it's going to be like what once you use your free trial, uh, make sure you also watch the first one and like the first Grand Prix. And then watch this grand. Make sure you watch this Grand Prix as well, because all of them are like astounding. They're all very much different. Like this is one of our. This is what has helped bring Paradigm more eyes and had more people tune in is because of the resurrection of the UWFI rules as best as we can and, and like going forward. Like this, the Grand Prix is one of my favorite times of the year. Hmm. 
And you can watch all those shows over on IWTV, I believe, with that uh, free promo code. And, uh, you know, I checked out the last show. I'm going back reviewing some of these shows uh, before they happen. It's just, man, it's like just old school wrestling with, you know, shoot and everything else, man. It's just a fun time from top to bottom, I think, for all wrestling fans, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Anyway, man, uh, we've been talking, you know. I told you, hey, how long you uh, usually do these podcasts is what you asked me. I was like, oh, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. We're not an hour 15, <laughs> which is totally cool. But, uh, man, we should probably told wrap it like up here. Talk, man. Hey, man, <laughs> this won't be the last time. I, I think based on that conversation, we'll have to hook up another one another time. When oh, some more of these shows, I would uh, love to. when some more of these shows go over out there on the the East Coast, and uh, we get yourself invited up here to the West Coast, you know. But anyway, oh, man, uh, if anyone wants to get some Chase holiday merch, man, where do we do that? Uh, so my merch is a bit of a difficult position right now. I don't have a store up yet. I am very much a big, uh, I'm a very stubborn individual who has been trying for years to just do my own buy it all at once get it all done myself and send it out myself i try not to do it like a store uh so i don't have anything right now because money <laughs> but once i once i have something up and i uh like am, am selling i will absolutely make sure everybody knows i will make sure to post all over my social medias um i'm hoping soon uh, that my stubbornness is going a little bit away and I'm starting to talk with people about working on some stuff. So whether it's a store or just like a one-time sale type of deal, I will make sure everybody knows. And for my social medias, it's super easy to find me. I try to not be a hard person to find. But <laughs> Chase Holiday X on Twitter and on Instagram. And Holiday is spelled with two L's. So it is Chase Holiday, H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. X and that is again both on Twitter and Instagram. And does that also include how to book you, or is there also an email they should uh, send you, or just uh, do the DM type stuff? The D- yeah, the DM works uh, in both my social media bios. I have an email that they can that people can hit up. Uh, but again, DM works. I try to be super active, uh, especially on Twitter. I'm pretty active, uh, but I. Try to be, like I said, not a hard band to find or reach. I check my email <laughs> every morning when I wake up and, you know, some random time throughout the day. So I, either DM, email, either way, I will respond. <laughs> hey, man, on that merch uh, situation you got there, if you ever wanted a company to help you out, I know some guys, check out BrainBustersTees.com. I know you're going to get a bigger cut there than anywhere else, but that's uh, some friends of mine that run a shirt. Uh, deal up here brainbusterstees.com my friends but anyway man uh there's one other thing i gotta bring up before we hit the final thought type of thing uh you know when i go to your uh, twitter you got a picture there and there's four of you i see you and i see to the right of you my good friend not my good friend he he's a wrestler from up here he's been on the podcast Jaden, man uh how do you know Jaden? yeah me and Jaden know uh, mainly just through through Twitter. Honestly, we just connected through Twitter, and just a- appearing on everybody's timeline and whatnot, and uh, we just seemed to kind of like hit it off. Because uh, I remember somebody somebody pointed me in his direction for uh, 
like a, a design and I was asking if he could help me out. He helped me out for sure. Great. And uh, he like I'll hit him up now and we're in a big group chat together too. But Jaden, I was really excited for him to come down. I was I was gonna pick him up from the airport. I was gonna be real happy uh, to see him because we met one other time in person when we did the Polycult show in Pennsylvania, nah. and so I was excited to see him. And he was gonna stay with us, but he got that tooth infection, so yeah. he was unable to join us. But I know Paradigm has their eyes on him, and they're hoping to eventually bring him in soon. Whether you know it's by the end of the year or sometime next year, uh, they like we got they got good things coming and hopefully Jaden will be down in the Midwest more. So I hope so. I felt bad for him that he couldn't make that, you know, because of his tooth and stuff, but, uh, he's a great dude. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a man that speaks what's on his minds and mind. And I appreciate that so much. A uh, big supporter of his, I've seen him at defy. I've seen him at without a cause prestige and, uh, other places up here. And, uh, I'm happy that uh, a guy like him is, uh, is branching out. But anyway, man, uh, before I let you go, man, I usually do this. It's my last thing I ask before I say goodbye. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out for the evening, my friend? Um, I don't think anything super major. I will tell everybody, again, my social media is ChaseHolidayX on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, there are also people, like I also on other platforms in terms of my uh, friend Glitch, Kai Fain runs a gaming channel that I'm on, me, him, and Percy Davis. So if you go on YouTube and you look for the Glitch Buddies, and you can check those out. And if you like it, hit the like, subscribe, and little bell notification. Uh, same goes for me appearing on my friend Sean Kemp's uh, YouTube uh, page where he does mutts putts, where he interviews like fellow wrestlers while golfing. <laughs> so you guys can check those out and just hit like, subscribe, little bit notification if you want to see me and my friends do some other stuff outside of like just wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I think that is everything. I'm, I was really excited to be here. I was really looking forward to it. I love getting a chance to be on a podcast and just kind of keep running my mouth. Uh, <laughs> people well, like to hear me talk for whatever reason. I'm always I'm always here for it. So. Well, my friend, you did a great job of running your mouth. I appreciate it. That's all I ask of my uh, guest each and every week, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. I can't wait to see the show, you know, on IWTV on November 6th. I'll be tuning in to uh, check out what you're doing, my friend. And uh, I hope you have a great night. And uh, thanks so much. And uh, you take care. Thank you, man. I absolutely, like I said, I love being here. And I hopefully we will, like, We'll for sure do a second one as well. We'll talk more, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. If you check out my, uh, you know, if you go over to BigfootProWrestling.com and check out my archives, I talk to a lot of people, a couple, maybe even three times. So, hey, man, have a good night. We'll uh, see you soon on IWTV. Appreciate it. Have a good one. No problem. Thank you. You as well. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.